this is Chris Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. We recently spoke with the family behind George Street Playhouse's latest offering, Bad Dates, a one-woman show starring Broadway's Andrea Burns, directed by her husband, Peter Flynn, with cinematography by their son, Hudson Flynn, a filmmaker and a high school senior. The play, written by Teresa Rebeck, is a comedy about a single mom on the hunt for shoes, the perfect dress, and a romantic table for two at a great restaurant. Andrea Burns, known for her performances in In the Heights, On Your Feet, The Nance, Songs for a New World, and soon to be seen in Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story, stars as Haley Walker, sharing tales of dates gone wrong while looking for Mr. Right. Bad Dates starts streaming tomorrow, and will be available to watch through March 14th. Burns and her family created this production of Bad Dates with a small team in the New Jersey home of the play's executive producer, Sharon Karmazin. Like all arts professionals, they had to adapt in order to create new work during the COVID-19 pandemic. The result is a unique hybrid of theater and filmmaking. I started our conversation with a quote from Andrea Burns. Andrea, I found this quote from you in an article I just read today. Um, And I just really think it speaks to these times we're living in. Uh, In it you say, It's important for audiences to know that every artist that is working at this particular time has taken on a new way of doing this that does feel like everything we've learned and trained to do, except on ice skates. Uh, I just think that really captures what artists are up against these days. I mean, we're all creatives, right? And um, we want to continue creating even in this time when we've been separated from audiences and the live experience. We're all still artists that are looking to create new things and collaborate with one another. Um, And necessity is the mother of invention. And so obviously we have arrived at a place where how do you create a theatrical experience? How do you do what you still do when so many of the essential components are missing? And so we have all, been working all of 2020 trying to figure out how to reach audiences at home. And um, what we've done in this particular play is created this hybrid experience of a, this is a play that's being filmed on location. It is not a movie, it is not a film, and it is not a filmed, uh, filmed production of a play, right? It's all of the things are happening at once And so what's been exciting about this for Peter and I, who are theater professionals and have been so for, you know, 30 years or so, we bring in all of our expertise and all of our skills and all of our experience. And now we're collaborating with the skills of our 17 year old son, who is actually, this is his passion is cinematography, looking through the lens, visual storytelling. And because he is of the generation he is, he has a great understanding of the technological world and streaming. And so we really do get to collaborate uh, in a new way and are all completely dependent. You know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts here. But we are we are learning new things every day. Um, and our son is a filmmaker who, although he grew up in the theater, is also Probably this is the first time he's in a um, professional, full-blown theatrical production every day in rehearsal, day in and day out. You'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's true, Heads. And um, yeah. and so we we are doing something completely new. How do you do a solo one-woman comedy without an audience? How do you make a film without 
flashback scenes and uh, and other characters and silent scenes. We so this has been a challenge that was set before us that we gladly took on, but we were learning every single day. This has been something incredibly new. And the truth is, I don't know. I don't know what it, how it will play as an art form, but I am so excited to find out because we've really poured our, our hearts and souls into it. Peter, you are a veteran director of New York Theater, among other things. I read that this collaboration with your son Hudson was your first time producing for the screen and not the stage. That just sounds like so much fun. Could you tell us about this first time collaboration with your son? Sure. It was really, um, it started with David Saint, the artistic director of George Street Playhouse. He reached out and said, we're putting our entire season online. It's going to be a virtual season. And very smartly, he had chosen either one person or small person casts um, and, uh, and said, we're going to start with bad dates. And he said, I, I immediately, he and, and their casting director, Pat McCorkle, thought of Andrea for it. And he said, and I realized you two are married. And isn't that a great pod situation? I directed Curvy Widow for David out at George Street. And um, he said, so, you know, is that something the two of you would be interested in? He said, do you even like working with each other? And <laughs> luckily and happily, I said, yes, we do. We actually met working together, and that's been a part of our relationship for as long as we've known each other. And then he said, so while I'm asking you that, um, my associate artistic director has been doing some investigating online and has been watching your son's material that he's, you know, because Hudson... Uh, has his own YouTube channel and, and is making films regularly. And he said, and it looks like Hudson is pretty good at what he does. How about bringing him on board? And that'll just keep the pod, but expand whom you have with whom you have to work. And so we talked with Hudson about it. And, you know, he ultimately said, yes, this sounds like a, a, a good project for us. And then uh, David has a board member um, who um, very generously and gra graciously said, I have a house. Uh, in near New Brunswick. I'm going to be in Florida for the winter. Why don't you use the house as both film and residence? And so we were able to stay as a family in one portion of the house and then film in another portion of the house and have the George Street team come in and work with us, our stage manager, Chris Bailey, our, our production manager. And so really we, we put it together like that. And like Andrea said, we really did genuinely learn every day and not just on the set, getting ready to get there as well of how are we potting uh, uh chris became our covid uh, uh officer. officer and so how many times do we have to test uh what does it mean to pod um what's our pre-production like with a lighting designer or a sound designer or uh, uh we didn't have a set designer because we were in a bedroom but um helen who is the props master at, at george street and i and our stage manager sort of looked at the space and said well how is this space genuinely like what we need on stage and what do we need to alter it to make it a little more theatrical or a little more specific to this character? And so every day was a different conversation of, well, how does that get delivered to the house? How much time do we need to put that in place? So um, it was a gradual but steady process uh, that was first uh, inspired by David. And Hudson, you are a senior in high school and a prolific filmmaker. What was it like working on a project of this scale with your family? Uh, you know, I think um, I, I was I was very nervous. Um, uh, not I, you know, I was I I was not worried about uh, 
us being able to accomplish that because I, you know, I respect my parents very much as um, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty brilliant creatives. And, um, and so I was really ecstatic to get the opportunity um, to work with them because as they'll tell you, I'm also uh, very often asking them to be part of my projects and desperately asking for their uh, advice and expertise there. But, um, but uh, I was really excited to be on board and, uh, and, you know, I think mainly because of how, uh, you know, all over the place, the, the world of this pandemic is, I think it, it really clicked into place that we were doing this as soon as, um, as soon as, uh, I believe my mom had a costume fitting that, uh, that where, you know, it's interesting. We were all in the same space. So I think I, I, we all had masks on, uh, because there were uh, other faculty in the house, but, um, but I think I was going down to the kitchen to like get a glass of water and I passed, uh, my mom like in the doorway trying on one of the dresses and I just remember like my father and I've been doing so much pre-production uh, and just thinking about like okay so she's you know she, she's getting ready to go on several uh, different dates in uh, the play and so you know I've been thinking about all of these like dresses that she's wearing to different things and different aspects and so um, I think it was amazing just to see her like very much in uh, her element and in, in the role um, uh, to see what that looked like just passing by the costume fitting. I think that's when it really clicked into place uh, that we were, you know, really bearing down and getting this done uh, and, you know, and, and learning a lot and, and having a lot of fun throughout. Given that both of your parents are very prominent players in the theater world, I'm sure that you've had your fair share of theater experience, but have you ever been this close to your parents' real-time process? Yeah, well, I, I will say I'm I'm very lucky uh, and and very grateful because my parents will um, you know I've I've loved tagging along to rehearsal since I was uh, a kid um, like five or six um, or maybe even younger if my mom can tell you but um, but basically uh, yeah I've been really lucky to be able to stop into tech rehearsals and uh, take notes for my dad sometimes and so um, you know I'm I'm. Uh, I'm relatively familiar with their process, but you know we were in extremely unfamiliar unfamiliar territory constantly um, because of how you know it was it was for the screen. However, we wanted it to feel theatrical, like a play, because that's what it is. And uh, and obviously in the world of COVID, the amount of helping hands you have. So I think we really had to, um, and I think we we learned a lot about each other from watching each other do this. We we each had to adapt our own process to the circumstance. And I think in doing that, uh, the three of us learned a lot, um, not only just about what we do individually, but about each other and, and how we work. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So, Andrea, this is a one woman play and you are the one woman in it. Uh, could you talk a little bit about this character, Haley Walker? This is a woman, she's a single mom, and she is a career woman, and she's divorced, and, and she's getting back out there again. And so there's a great amount of hope, um, but it is wrapped in a lot of humor and um, uh, acerbic observation of her experiences. I like Haley Walker because she's a real person. I feel like when obviously the audience is not going to be in the house, but I always like to think that my audience is on the other side of that camera and I, I want them to be able to feel like it's a friend 
talking to them. Certainly the way Teresa has written her is as this woman that you can completely relate to. She's very, her cards are always on the table. She tells you how she feels about certain things. She shares her mortifications with you or her snap judgments, all of them, which makes her just kind of a delicious human to be around. And, um, and what's really fun about it, she has a great passion for shoes. So uh, we had a lot of fun, different uh, pairs of shoes on the set. And um, yeah, that was a very playful aspect of it. But what I like is that it's a comedy and it's about a, a comedic look at a woman grappling with very real life things. And as we are all grappling these days with real life things, it's nice to watch somebody who's doing it um, with humor and courage. Can you tell us about some of these bad dates she goes on? Um, I think you're going to have to tune in to see, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it goes everywhere from, um, subjects that are discussed on the dates to inappropriate comments that are made on dates. And I imagine, uh, Teresa Rebeck did her research here and probably spoke to a lot of friends and based it on her own experience too. And really you would not imagine what, uh, is going on out there. So, um, I think you'll find it entertaining, appalling and inspiring. Peter, this play will be available for streaming tomorrow. This was kind of an experimental project for you. And now that it's finished and about to be launched into the world, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm feeling a lot of things about the final product. <laughs> because it was made really, um, not in a vacuum, but uh, the closest thing I could say is a hermetically sealed um, space, you know, which wasn't a movie set and certainly wasn't a theater set. It was an actual room, um, which presented its own limitations um, for filming, right? You know, um, I remember at one point I said, hey, do you think we can capture this part of, of mom if, if we shoot this way? And I think Hudson said something to me like, sure, if we knock this wall out, I'll be able to get that shot, you know? And so we were working within the confines of an actual room. So it wasn't a rehearsal studio. It wasn't a theater stage. It wasn't a recording studio, you know? So... Um, you know, I learned a lot, you know, and, and I learned a lot about, as Andrea said, this thing that we are doing that is neither theater nor film, because neither one had the pure process of what I know as a theater professional uh, to be as far as, well, there's a read through and there's table work and then we're going to get up and we're going to block it and then we're going to do a run through, we're going to do some texts and previews and then we're going to open it, right? So that, that process was out the window but we'd rehearse and then we'd shoot. But the shooting was of a very um, verbal piece, right? You know, I found it interesting to have to do a piece that is primarily meant for the stage because it's a lot of information. And so that's where Hudson and I tried to get innovative in a way that kept the story and the narrative both present and active in a way that we wouldn't have to worry about if we were in the theater. Because the audience's eye could look at Andrea as the actor or the set or, you know, all of the props are on stage. And, and here we really had to, uh, had to direct in a very visual, temporal way, in a flow way, where the story is and how we're paying attention and keeping it funny, right? Which, as Andrea said, you know, there we were all in a very quiet room watching Andrea, you know, land stuff really well and just no response. And then we went into editing and, Andre and Hudson and I had our handful of moments going, yeah, I think this cut makes sense. Um, we've not heard anybody respond to it. Um, so um, I'm excited to see what it is. I'm excited to share it. I certainly know that there's a vitality and an integrity 
um, that is there. The script is terrific. Um, you know, Teresa wrote a really um, simply complex, funny, and moving experience of this woman. And so I think that is there. Um, but what I know is there is, is, is a vital, very present experience that Andrea brings to the, to the, to the stage, to the, to the camera, um, that we every day grappled with, is this too much of a movie moment? Is it not enough theater? Is it, is it too settled to be theater? Do we need to move on to something more filmic? And it was a question we asked right up until our final edits, you know, a day ago. Uh, Hudson and myself. So it's, it's, um, it's been a constant um, investigation of how we best balance wanting to present theater and ne necessarily having to present it in a filmic medium. Were there any surprises, troubleshooting, or happy accidents along the way? There, there was a lot of troubleshooting that I think we all learned so much from to the point where by the end of our filming, you know, um, there were moments where we were battling weather. There were moments where we were battling, uh, uh, you know, different, different technical aspects of how we were filming it. Uh, just in terms of like providing more headroom or like, okay, got it. We want to see the full outfit in this shot, but we have a small room. And I think we, we learned so much from being able to find solutions that by the end of it, you could throw anything at us and we'd say, okay, well, we did that. So I think we can do this. Um, so it was really creatively fulfilling. Uh, it was as fulfilling as it was challenging. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for both. I, I would just say that we were learning as we go the whole time. Yeah. So something cool to keep in mind as you're watching this is you're watching something made by, we were a team of seven, eight, um, including sound design, uh, that were making it up as we went along. Right. So when I talk about coming with all your skills and being on ice skates, you might say, OK, but when I turn to the right on stage, it feels like this. And when I do it on ice, oh, boy, this feels totally different. How do I find my way? How do I turn to the right with uh, with grace and power and strength on ice skates? I've got to figure that out. And not yesterday. Now. Right. And this is being captured visually. I have Hudson looking at the visual storytelling and and um, maybe Peter saying, you know, we might, might make this more interesting with uh, more uh, stuff to do. And at which point I'm like, yes, but this particular bit of information is really important. So what do we do? Do we choose the words? Do we choose the, 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 the way, the, the frame? Do we choose the business? And those decisions were made on the spot all day, every day. So we, by the end of the day, we were wiped out. Were we excited? Did we rise to the challenge? Yes, but it was, it was really interesting. It was unlike anything we've ever done. I wanted to ask one question about reopening, which is a big question for the arts right now. Andrea, Broadway is your home. Uh, now that theaters are finally on a path to reopening, what are you feeling? I want to see Broadway reopen. I want to see people gathered together to commune in and bear witness to a creative project together. I think that's the thing we miss most, right? It's one thing to get to watch something that's wonderful, but to watch it in the presence of a bunch of different people and have everybody experiencing it together, it's so exciting. And as a person on stage, to be able to commune with an audience that way. Say, we are all, I prepared this for you and we're doing this together in time tonight, only this way, only this moment. So um, I miss that very much, but I also want people to feel safe. 
want people to feel good about coming to the theater. So um, we're hoping that everything, you know, vaccinations roll out, people are responsible, and it can be a joyous thing when we all commune again. This just seems like such a special project for the three of you to have embarked on together during this crazy time. What else do you want people to know about it? I guess two things. One, we've sort of hit on both. The first is that it really is a labor of love and not just for our family, but, you know, the eight people that were in that room are, you know, Chris Bailey, our production manager, and Samantha Flint, our stage manager, and our costume designer, Lisa Zinni, and Donnie Peterson, our hair and makeup person, right? That we were all, it really was something that you could feel all of us, like waiting to return to Broadway, we all were so game to get back in this room and be with each other every day because we had missed it so much. And so when you watch it to know that there were people every day whose pilot lights just went, you know, into flames, wanting to interact and collaborate and create something that we are now all very excited to offer. And I think that's the second thing I'd say is that um, it, it it's not only a labor of love, but it's offered generously. It's offered with um, great excitement and zeal that it's now time for an audience to watch it and, you know, hopefully enjoy it, at least take it in and uh, see how it goes, that, that it's, um, it's there for the take. It's there to, for, the, for the enjoyment. And uh, hopefully that's the case. Well, I was just going to say, it's so personal. Seven people got in a room and made this. Seven people got in a room for 10 days and made this for you. Yeah, yeah. You can really just feel, I think you can feel it, and I hope uh, you, you feel it in, in, a, in a way that you can receive in your heart, right? That this was just made for the love of making things. Amen. It's a great story. I'm really happy for the three of you to have been able to pull this off together, despite everything that's going on in the world. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you for having us. And again, thank you for being such an advocate and champion for what we all do at this time. You're you're invaluable to our health and vitality, so thank you. Peter Flynn, Andrea Burns, and their son, Hudson Flynn. George Street Playhouse will start streaming their production of Bad Dates tomorrow. For more information, go to georgestreetplayhouse.org. And for more information about the arts in New Jersey, go to jerseyarts.com. I'm Chris Benincasa. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.